Well, we've been talking along the lines of pursuing God, and we've called this series Pursuit. Pursuit simply means to run after, to chase after, to move fervently toward, to seek after eagerly or earnestly, or to actively engage. That's what Paul did. He prayed that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. That's what Paul's determined purpose was. And in 2 Timothy chapter 2, I believe it's verse 12, if you look on the screen, it should be there. He said this, For which cause I also suffer these things? Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that to which I have committed unto him against that day. Now, I'd like for you to pull the first part of that verse up because I want to talk a little bit along those lines. Paul certainly knew what he, knew what he believed, but better to know in whom you have believed. Amen? Yes. Glory to God. So knowing him and fellowshipping with him is the fountain or it is the source of our faith. Notice with me, Paul said, I am, let's keep that verse up there. Paul said, I am committed, praise God. I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed to him. In other words, Paul says, I am in faith, knowing full well that once I gave Jesus my life and once I served him with all of my might, he's going to keep me, he's going to guard me, he's going to defend me. Now, where did he get this persuasion from? How did Paul become persuaded that God was able to keep him? Well, I submit to you this morning, it came from in whom he had believed. It came from having an intimate knowledge with God. Amen? Say it with me. I trust him because I know him. That's powerful. He's able to keep you. As you know him. The reason why people aren't kept a lot of times is because they don't know him. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 9, it says this. God is faithful by whom you are called unto the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ. Now we looked at that verse last week and we discovered that the word called means to call you aloud by name. You've been called aloud by your name. His presence is a what? It's an open door. And he's calling all of us to live there. Not to just drop by there occasionally. Not just to drop by there in a time of need. But rather living our life as a seed for the glory of God. And so we have been called to this fellowship. Amen. How many of you are answering the call? Amen. You've been chosen. You've been called by God. But some struggle with that. They think, well, would God want to dine with me? Would God want to have fellowship with me? He absolutely would. In the book of Psalms in chapter 8 and verse 4, 5, it says this, what is man that thou art mindful of him? Hey, you're on his mind. You are on his mind. What is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? And then look at the next verse. For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels and hast crowned him. 
with glory and honor. He's paying attention to us. He's attending to us. Amen. He's looking about for us. He's watching over us. And He is encircling us with His glory. And He's embracing us today with His presence. And so as you honor me, saith the Lord, I certainly will envelop you. I will crown you with my glory and with my presence. Oh, see it, see it and believe it. I'm on your side. I am for you and I am mindful of you. So receive today my presence and come up to another level. For I've said in my word that I desire to take my people from glory to glory, from one degree of my presence to another. Oh, hallelujah. You're on my mind. You are my favorite. You are the apple of my eye. My hand is upon you for good. Praise the Lord. Let's lift our hands and praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Our value to him is not based on what we do for Him. It's based on more on who we are to Him. Sons of God, daughters of God, heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus. Fearfully and wonderfully made. And did you know that God is the one who initiates the desire to pursue Him? We could say it another way. God puts his desire in us to pursue him. In Jeremiah chapter 24 and verse 7, it says this. And I will give you a heart to know me. That I am the Lord your God. And you will be my people. And I will be your God. If you will return to me. With your whole heart. Somebody says, well, I've gotten away from the Lord. Well, repent, return. Repent, return, and be revived. Repent, return, be revived, and be restored. But notice this. He said, I will give you a heart to know me. Now, the Amplified says it this way. And I will give you a heart to know, to recognize, to understand, and to become acquainted with me. And this is exactly what he will do if we'll open our hearts and receive. What he has given must be received. Say it with me. He gives and we receive. What's he given? Wow. You could go all day on that. But what he gives, we receive. And did you know that it really does not have that much to do with your feelings? You may feel like God's a thousand miles away, but He's not. He's in you. He's upon you. He's among us today. Hallelujah. Well, I, just, I just don't feel like, you know, our son, our youngest son, James, experienced that. He was going through a difficult patch. We didn't feel a lot of spiritual energy. Has anybody ever been there? You know, he just was going through a tough time. 
But Brenda and I gave him a word. And it was a word from heaven. It was a word right from the Bible. And when he heard this word, something clicked. Something went off on the inside of him and got him off lethargy and off of listlessness and on the path of renewal. Wow. In the verses, Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, look at this. And if we can, let's keep this scripture up here. It says, not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you. What's he doing in you? He's energizing. Come on, somebody. He's energizing and he's creating in us the power and the desire both to will and to work for his good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. <laughs> Glory to God. When he saw that, when he was in the pit, he took hold of it. He knew that he needed heaven's help. And heaven's help was right there for him. And heaven's help is right here for you today. He realized regardless of how he felt, God was working in him. He was giving him the energy that he lacked. And he was giving him the power that he couldn't feel. And the desire to pursue God and all that he had for him. We can't do this life without him. Thank God we're not without him. He is the vine. We are the branches. So he took that verse, and you can take this verse today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said it earlier, I'll say it again. You may feel lethargic and you may feel listless, but I'm telling you by the head of the church today, if you just open up your heart to God, He'll energize you, He will quicken you. He will create in you a power and a great desire to pursue Him with all your heart. Oh, ha, ha, ha. Glory to God. Glory to God. And you'll not be disappointed. For as you pursue me, saith the Lord, there is a strength from heaven that will come upon you. There is a clarity of vision that you shall know. And that which has looked difficult and that which has looked impossible, as you yield to me and open up your heart to me, you'll see with my eyes and you'll know as I know. And you'll be able to walk with me and get into the divine flow. And that's where life begins. Come on, let's raise our hands up. Come on, pray a little bit today. It ain't over, it ain't over, it ain't over. It's just beginning. 
It's a new day. It's a new season. There's new energy. There's new vision. Oh, ha, ha. There's great desire coming upon the body of Christ in this day, in this hour. Put your hand over your heart and say, oh, God, I receive with an open heart the energy, the quickening of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for energizing me with great power that I may walk your will, walk out your will. Woohoo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, for the Lord is good. Lay it aside. Lay it aside. Lay aside the weights. Lay those things aside that cause you to be held down in the natural realm. It's time now for my body to soar with me in the realm of the spirit. So lay it aside. Oh, glory to God. Come into my presence and there abide and things will be different. Mark Hankins said this. It literally means it is the will of God to put forth power constantly in our lives in every moment active at every second that will change our behavior permanently. Like turned into another man. So here's what we can do when we don't feel it. Which oftentimes happens. Here's what we can do when we don't sense the energy to press in and to pursue. Just keep saying things like this. God is working in me. Raise both hands right now and say this with with me. God, my Father, is working in me. In the midst of trouble. God himself is working. He has plans and purposes and divine appointments for me. (laughs) Glory to God. Glory to God. Take heart. Take heart. Take heart. Take heart. He that has begun a good work in you, he will perform it. He will complete it. He has not left us on the side. Oh, hallelujah. He's working. He's working. He's working in our lives. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. Amen. So God has made plans for you. And he himself is working with his energy in you to accomplish them. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Glory to God. Glory to God. God's at work. God's at work. God's at work in your body. God's at work in your mind. God's at work in your children. God's at work in your business. God's at work in your finances. God is all the while at work in you, both to do and to will of his good pleasure. God is on the move. He's working here. He's working there. He's on your side. Glory to God. Glory to God. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. When it doesn't feel like he's working, 
say he's working. When you can't see that he's working, say he's a working. He's working. He is working. He's working in our nation. He's working in our state. God is working. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Mm. I'm going to say what Keith Hershey says. So don't let a setback cause you to sit back. Get ready, get, get ready, get ready for a Holy Ghost comeback. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. This isn't a time to sit. This is a time to shout. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Woo, hallelujah. This is not a time for us to be licking our wounds. This is a time for us to take up our bed and rise up and walk and pursue God like we've never pursued Him before. No, 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 no. Never Never quitting. Never quitting. Never quitting. Never drawing back. Never quitting. Never giving up. Never, 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 never quitting. We are We will need to make adjustments from time to time. That's okay, and that's good, and that's fine, as the Spirit of God brings that to you. That's different than quitting. Making adjustments is just following after God and walking in the path that He has made clear to us. Anybody ever had to make some adjustments before? <laughs> like some attitude adjustments? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we won't camp there. But just know this. There's adjustments that need to be made. Now let's look at a great example of a man of God who pleased God by pursuing him. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 5, we're going to talk about Enoch for a moment. Hebrews 11 and 5 says, By faith, notice by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and he couldn't be found because God had translated him for before. Everyone say before. Before Before his translation, he had this testimony that he did what? He pleased God. Now, Genesis chapter 5 tells us how Enoch pleased God. Genesis 5, 22 and 23 and 24. It says, and Enoch walked with God. You know, Enoch had to walk with God by faith. Just like you know you need to walk with God by faith. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. Next verse. And all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Wow. I wonder what his diet was. It's not about diet. His diet was God. His diet was he was walking with God. 
from the rising of the sun till the going down of the same. Enoch walked in close, habitual fellowship with God. He walked with him and he talked with him. Enoch walked with God. And you can walk with God. Enoch didn't have the Holy Ghost in him. You have the Holy Ghost in you. If, if Enoch can walk with God, we can walk with God. Woo, glory to God. Hallelujah. Verse 24, and Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. Amplified says he walked in habitual fellowship with God. He lived in close fellowship with God. Somewhere along the line, Enoch made the choice to live in close fellowship with God. You and I can make the same choice. It's a matter of choice. There's all sorts of different walks we can do. We can walk in the way of the world. We can walk in the way of entertainment. We can walk in the way of the opinions of man. We can walk in the way of the counsel of the ungodly, but we can walk with God. And there's nothing better than walking with God. We can do it. Point to yourself and say, I can do it. Look at your neighbor and say, you can do it. And let's all raise up our hands as a church and say, we can. And we will walk with God. Well, how do we do that? James 4.8 says this. If we will draw near to God, he will what? come close to God, He will come close to us. We've already celebrated communion, but one way that we can draw near to God is we can draw near by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2.13 says, But now you have been united with Jesus Christ. Once you were far away from God, but now, everyone say "Now." now, but now we have been brought near to Him through the what? Through the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus brings us into fellowship with God. We can draw near to the throne of grace without one ounce of fear because of the blood. Hallelujah. So what do you say? This week, you and I fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace. For it is at the throne of grace that you will receive grace for your designated course. And when you face difficult situations because you have drawn near to me, you'll be able to say, like the Apostle Paul, his grace is sufficient for me. Put your hand over your heart and say, Your grace is sufficient for me. Hallelujah. We can also draw near by reading the Word, by praying, and by praising. 
Now let's rehearse this just a little bit more before that we close. Hebrews 11, verse 5. Let's look back there and let's see some more things. It says once again, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. We found out that he pleased God by walking with God. But notice with me in verse 6, the next verse. It says there, but without faith. Come on, somebody. Without faith, Enoch could have never walked with God. And without faith, you and I could never walk with God. Because without faith, it is impossible. Es muy imposible. Very impossible. To please God without faith. It's impossible to walk with God without faith. We are not to live by our feelings. We are to walk by faith and not by sight. So it tells us we can't please Him without faith, but the opposite must also be true. We can please God by walking by faith. By walking in His Word. By walking in His ways. Come on, somebody. By walking in habitual fellowship with Him. Now notice the last part of the verse. The last part of the verse. Actually, let's read it together. We've got a little time. I know Brenda's got some things stirring over there. I can sense it. It's good. It's God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Say with me, God is on the move. He's on the move in this place today. All right, verse 6. Ready? Please read. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God. Stop right there. He that draws near to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. Here's what we want to center in on. He is a rewarder of them, of you. Because you've made that decision, right? He is a rewarder of those who diligently pursue Him. Those who diligently seek Him. Hallelujah. A diligent pursuit of God is always rewarded. Say this with me. A diligent pursuit of God is always it's always rewarded. And one of the and we get back to kind of the theme is presence is an open door. The door is open. Draw near. The door is open. The door is open. And one of the greatest rewards that you and I can ever experience from seeking God and and diligently following Him is to have His presence. I'd rather have the presence of God on me for five seconds than the state of California in my back pocket. I am not impressed with those 
who live their lives under the bondage of the love of money. I am impressed with those that are rich and whose riches don't dictate to them how they live. They continue to seek God. Amen? Mm. Hallelujah. God is not opposed to you being rich. Matter of fact, you're rich whether you have two nickels to rub together. How can you say that? I didn't say it. God said it. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. For though he was so very rich, he became so very poor that you through his poverty might be what? Rich means a full supply. That includes finances, but oh man, you are rich when you go through that open door. (laughs) You are rich when you can speak to mountains and they must obey. You are rich when you can put your head on your pillow and your sleep. Be sweet. Is that a rich man? Hallelujah. Mm. You can put your own interpretation on what rich means to you. Save me a diligent pursuit of God is always rewarded. The word diligent means persevering attention, given constant effort, and to be persistent. To diligently seek Him. Now get this. To diligently seek Him is to drop the things that are stealing your time from drawing near to Him. Drop those things. I don't know what those things are for you, but I do know what those things are for me. And I can't point my finger at you because as soon as I point my finger at you, I've got three pointing back here. But I believe what the Holy Spirit will do, the Holy Spirit will help you to identify what those things are. What those weights are. And don't misunderstand me. Some of those things that we need to drop are legitimate. Are you here? You know, they're lawful. It's okay. But they're not always profitable. And you will discover in different seasons of your life and in your walk with God, God will say, now cut that off for a while. Don't don't do as much of that as you've been doing. Spend more time over here. So drop those things that are stealing your time. And let go of those things. And you will see as you replace those things with spending time with God, as it becomes a priority in your life, it will pay you rich dividends. Drawing near a persistent and constant effort on your part. The Passion Translation says this, He rewards the faith of those 
who give all their attention. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And all of their passion and strength to seeking him. Glory to God. And so one of those rewards is that he in turn will draw near to us with his presence. And I'm invite Brenda to come up now. Folks, when he draws near to you, how many of you know the doors of communication are open? Somebody says, I, I just can't seem to hear from God. I can't hear from God. Get that out of your mind and get that out of your voice. Don't say that. You can hear from God. You don't have to walk in darkness. You can walk in the light. And so when he draws near to you, the doors of communication are wide open. You'll be able to hear his instruction, his correction, and his encouragement. And you will enjoy the rewards that come directly to you through relationship. Mm. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God.